What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. That was too loud. Stop whispering. I know. Okay. No. Tell them why. Tell them why you're whispering. Shh, but you're I, talking so loud. Nicole, this is how we normally talk on our podcast. Oh, Are you is? kidding me? <laughs> it seems louder than usual. No, you're you're whispering. You're talking like this, oh. which people are going to have to be in their cars and turn up the volume because they can't hear us. Okay. <laughs> well, our kitten is sleeping. Okay. So how did we get a kitten? Okay. My dad called me and was like, hey, Nicole, this is like five minutes before we have to podcast with a guest mm-hmm. and he's like are you busy and I'm which like, you'll hear with said guest <laughs> yeah down the line and i said um well depends like what's up he's like there's this baby kitten it's been following me around and meowing and you know i really think that you should come feed it or help it and i said okay Vic, i'll be right back and let me preface this with and this is a little bit more of a sad story I was mowing the I was mowing the lawn and I I thought I went over something and I pulled back before I actually went over it and it was a baby bunny right and we had a situation before where our stray cat killed a bunny in our garage and Nicole just lost it it was a very sad thing and mm-hmm. so I was like I cannot leave this baby bunny out here for the cat to get it so I gave it to Nicole Nicole gets all the stuff for it um to right the cage, you, the you food. easily caught it so a cat would like have a field day with exactly. it exactly where the cat sleeps and, and it sucks both ways because the mm-hmm. cat's doing what it naturally does right because it's survival of the fittest but at the same time you don't want a bunny to die just to die and so I give this bunny to Nicole she gets attached she gets all the stuff for it but at the same time we're trying to live with the reality that 10 percent of wild bunnies that are babies that are separated from their mothers don't survive so Nicole- and, I, and i did search for the nest i went out there three or four times digging in the ground trying to find where it was because i know i read on the internet it said please just put it back mm-hmm. and i was like well i can't just put it in the grass because the cat's like already licking its lips i have to find the actual nest and i could not find it yeah. And and so this all culminated in maybe like after 2 days the the ba- the bunny passed away sadly. So it couldn't have been 
maybe three, four, maybe five days after that where this kitten comes into play where Nicole's dad calls Nicole for this kitten. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what we need, right? Just another animal that's just like on its last limb because this kitten was not, it wasn't doing good. So I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be like a healthy kitten when I showed up because I had found kittens before and my best friend Mariah actually um, has Verly, which was a kitten I found in ugly just strolling on her own and she was relatively healthy so i just passed her along to mariah she took her to the vet bam good i show up to the site and this cat looks like it's about to take its last breath and i was like dad you did not prepare me for this and i was just like the instantly it went my head went to oh my god i can't go through this again yeah the cat you know it's it's very skinny uh you know when we got it it's a we thought it was, it was like 3 o- weeks it and it was like ounces. it was like more like 12 ounces right yeah and, and i think it was about 14 ounces but i fed it first before i weighed it yeah and so it was we thought it was 3 weeks old and it was that weight and when we took it to the vet it's actually more closer to 4 weeks old and should be heavier than that mm-hmm. right um they had gunk on its eyes like and- really, really Really bad to where its eyes still it they're not um straight i don't yeah, know if and they wouldn't they blind. wouldn't even open up all the way and mm-hmm. you'd have to drain her eyes and uh basically had basically she has an upper respiratory infection that includes that eye gunk she which is ear mites and she had ear mites and all this stuff and so it was like oh my gosh this is going to be another bad story right mm-hmm. but as of now but i had so i had kitten milk replacer here from the rabbit I had the cage a bo- a because bottle, of the rabbit. Yeah. A cage. I had everything ready to go, so I immediately fed it and it just slurp, slurp, slurp. And now <laughs> we're in day was it three? I think so or four. It's about know. day three or four. The cat's over uh, the kitten's over a pound. We took it to the vet. Um they said as long as she eats, uh she, she should, should be okay. Make it. They said we don't know if she'll make it because she was in rough shape that day, but now she is feisty yeah, running around. She's taking her antibiotics. Uh mm-hmm. she has eye drops and like Nicole says, she she's feisty, she's spunky, she, she she's gaining weight. Milk, though. It's like I have to force it on her and it sucks. She, yeah. So that's the only thing. So that's and I'm where we're at, at right 3:30 now. I'm waking up at 3:30 in the morning for her for one of the feedings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like So that's why Nicole's trying to whisper now, but I mean I can't I can't really get into the mood of a podcast if I'm like talking like this. But uh yeah, so we have a kitten now. <laughs> yep, we do. Uh as of right First now. First time ever raising a kitten and she is very smart and I think a lot of people say cats are just genuinely smart with potty training because she's already using the litter box. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> she can barely get in the litter box, but she finds a way and she uses it. <laughs> so um anyway, we got sidetracked. And I want to name her Polly Pocket, I think. I think it's so cute. I, I cave in. I mean, at this point, I don't even care. We can call her Polly Pocket. Because I want to call her Polly Pocket because when we found her, she was so tiny, you could have fit her in your pocket. Junebug. I think I, I, that, that was one that you saw. Yeah, somebody suggested Junebug. But, and I think that's so cute because it's June and Junebug. Like, oh, look at my little Junebug. But then someone brought up um, Mama June or whatever. Remember there was that kid... Oh my gosh, I can't, I didn't watch the show, but yes. I have no idea. It was the, there was this, <laughs> you're kidding me. No, um, you, if you can't even tell me what it is, how, how am I, I not supposed it, to know? But it's this girl who was in pageants, I think. And then she had a, her mom's name was maybe June. Oh my gosh, everyone's oh, screaming in the car. Yeah, yeah, Boo-boo yeah, yeah. or something. Honey boo-boo? Yeah. It wasn't a movie. It was a no, TV show. I don't think I... Did I say movie? I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But yeah, so people said that it rem- 
reminded them of that mom or something, so not to do it. But I never saw the show, so. Yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? I don't know. Um, anyway, back on topic. Today we have a Big Brother winner. Yep, Andy Heron from season 15. And we are just kind of going to discuss his life now. Yeah, kind of catch up yeah. uh, with him and see how he's been since the show and see how he feels about his season. Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Hello. Hello, Hi, hello, hello. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? It's going great. Good. Good. <laughs> Live from Michigan with Andy Heron. <laughs> no, we never do that. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, that sounds a little off. <laughs> so, how are you doing, buddy? How's everything going? I'm good. Uh, I mean, I'm as good as can be. Like, the world is crazy and weird. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah. Like, no complaints. Well, I'm happy to hear that, and I'm happy that yeah. you're on the show with us today. Uh, it's it's nice talking to people in that Big Brother family, and I don't think we've really gotten a chance to talk to you, so this will be the first time that we're really all communicating together in mm-hmm. one place. I agree. Place. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be really fun. So uh, to give people an idea of who you are, right, because I know yeah. we are A-list celebrities on the highest uh, – <laughs> On the, <laughs> on the highest level. Um, so Andy, he won Big Brother 15. Uh, and so he was also the first openly gay man to win Big Brother, which yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. And do you currently live in Illinois still? or are I live in yep, I live in Chicago, yep. Okay. You know, I was born in Waukegan, Illinois. <laughs> I did not. I had no idea. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never been there since, but. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it ridiculously easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to travel photos sitting on your phone. Yeah, so what we did is I was able to pick out two frames online that I really liked that matched each other. And I, um, therefore, Victor's like professional police photo and also our, what's it called? Um, oh, our family crest. Our family crest. So those are something that we really want to hang on the wall. And so they sent me in these really nice packages to send that out so it doesn't get bent. And now they're framing it and sending it back to us. And I'm really excited to see the finished product. And there's a lot of customizable things like writing and stuff you can do as well. Yeah, or the frame itself. Um, and so you just go to framebridge.com and you upload the photo or like Nicole said, they'll send you the packaging so you can safely mail your physical pieces mm-hmm. and you can preview them online in dozens of frame styles, choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. So you can get started today, frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code COCO, C-O-C-O to save an additional 15 percent off your first order just go to framebridge.com and use promo code coco that's framebridge.com promo code coco uh but so yeah i just want just take us through like before any big brother stuff happened when you were just like everybody else normal guy you know yeah so what Uh, was that like yeah i mean i so i i was born in aurora illinois which is a suburb about 45 minutes west of the city Mm -hmm. and grew up there my parents like still to this day live in the house that I grew up in as a kid. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then I went to the University of Illinois for undergrad and for grad school. I got my undergrad in media and then my graduate degree in communication. Uh, and then after I graduated with my master's, I moved to Chicago and then just started teaching at 
a college, like a little bit outside of the city. Uh-huh. Um, and then basically went on Big Brother and came off and just kind of went back to what I was doing. I just kept teaching and then got hired at a, at a college actually in the city of Chicago. So I taught there as well. I actually taught a class on reality TV oh, wow. after Big Brother, which was really fun. <laughs> and then I just like, I started to get a little burnout with it. And like, I'm just the type of person who in life, I just, and I mean, I'm lucky that I had Big Brother kind of afford me the liberty to pursue something that I just really wanted to do. And I had like the means to like mm-hmm. support myself if I like didn't have a super steady income for a little bit. Yeah. Cause basically, I, while I was teaching, I would try to get all of my sections on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had a couple friends who had dogs who were just like, hey, if you're not working, would you mind like walking our dogs for us? And I started doing that. And then they started recommending me to other friends. And so I started, I, I started to amass this kind of smaller base of clients where I was just walking dogs. And I realized that like Tuesdays and Thursdays were by far my favorite days of the week. <laughs> and I then just started to focus on it a little bit more. And I amassed more and more clients. And then I just stopped teaching and started a little dog walking business. Oh, no and way. And full time now. And it's actually, it's interesting. It was going... Very, very well before all mm. the COVID stuff happened. And now everybody's and walking tr- their own tr- dogs. <laughs> truly, like, I cannot imagine anything else that would have hit me in the way that COVID did. It's yeah. like, I can't think, cannot think of anything else that would have had everything at home. It's like, even if, like, a natural disaster hits or something, I still feel like after a month or so, like, things are back to normal. Yeah. But it's like, this truly hit me weird, but I've, I've been very lucky and number one, the fact that, like, I still do have – I was very good with my big brother money, and so I have, like, a nice safety net. But mm-hmm. also, a lot of my clients, like, are just very lovely people and still have had me coming even if they're at home working. And, like, like they're not seeing anyone. I wasn't seeing a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, restrictions are, are lessening now. And then other clients even would still just pay me even though I wasn't coming, which was, like, so not expected but wow. so appreciated, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they were just, like, like, a lot of them were, like, I still have my normal income. I know that you don't, and it's of no fault of your own. And so they were very lovely about it. And it's like this weird middle ground, too, where, like, I can't file for unemployment because I technically just, like, worked for myself and didn't get fired. Yeah. And so, like, it's like, it's this very weird, like, like I said, I, I feel like I really did truly establish such a good thing. And then this happened, and I was like, man, I cannot think of anything I else was, that would have impacted me like that. I was, I'm thinking about that, too, like, in, in no other way... Would people just be out and about unless they're locked in their house, which has to right. take a, not even a, I mean, even like even a pandemic, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a pandemic that makes you stay at your house. You know, it had to be this yeah. specific type of thing. Right? right. And Nicole and I were talking about that because we see people now that we've never seen before walking around outside, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and now that you say that it's like, wow, that's crazy. Like, oh, my entire business model is people being busy. Mm-hmm. And, right. exactly. yeah. <laughs> and I walk their dogs. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that like, I like, I've always, I always pride myself in establishing good relationships with people. And so it's like clients become my friends. That's been the good thing. I feel like a lot of them have been there for me, which is really nice. Um, if anything, it's a little bit lazy. Like I'm doing like half the work and getting paid like about, about as much as I was before. <laughs> so when I actually have to start doing it again, it's going to be annoying. Um, but no, to, go, to go back to your initial, actually it's not because I really do miss like some of the dogs that I'm not seeing. Like they become, like I love them all. There's only like, 
one that I've ever not really liked that much, and I won't say which one it is because I don't want to get in trouble. Like everyone's just like everyone's just like all of them seem great, and I'm like, yeah, there's one that's kind of an asshole, but other than that, they're all fine. So when you um, when you say a good client base, how how much how many dogs would you say you're walking? I guess so a day. I, so I, a day, I would say I average probably twelve to fourteen. Wow. Oh wow! Um, like different, like and, different people or dogs? Yeah, uh huh. And different people. And the thing that I usually do is, and so I kind of have little pockets throughout the city. So I'm in this neighborhood called this neighborhood called Lakeview, and that's where most of my clients are. But then I have a little pocket downtown in Streeterville where I've got like three in the same building. And so it's just like, I can, it's like an easy, like mm. 60, 70 bucks, like just going down there for like, you know what I'm saying, for a quick bit. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another little pocket in this neighborhood called Roscoe Village. Um, but I just moved to a like 50 story high rise that's dog friendly. Mm. And so what I'm really thinking I can do, and I've like been kind of schmoozing up to the door people to like get them to like me <laughs> because I want to like put my name out in like yep. my building's bulletin because if I can get a good number, like, that would be so easy, and I think I could just rake in even more money just, like, with not having – like, right now I have to travel a little bit for some of yeah. them, and it would be so cool to get a bunch in my building where I wouldn't even really have to do that very much. But the thing is, with the pandemic, I've been like, I can't, like, be like, hey, everyone, let me come into your house, strangers <laughs> that don't know me. So, um, but with, with the restrictions kind of, lim- like, uh, lessening up right now, I'm thinking that within the next couple of weeks I'm going to start to, like, make some, make some moves with that. I'm so intrigued. Uh, me too. I have questions about yeah. this dog. I, I never even thought, you know, every time we get on the podcast, uh, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to talk about. But I love right. <laughs> the fluidity of the conversation because oh, yeah. something like this happens. So go ahead, Nicole. I know you have questions. Well, so do you just basically have to have keys to all these people's houses and then just like go in and take and then take yes. their dog and you know that the dog isn't going to attack you and everything? Yeah. So, so, so basically what I do is I always have like a meet and greet before, before like, when someone reaches out to me, I always come over and I meet them and the dog. And I'll usually, like, go on a walk with them and the dog. Or if they want, I'll just, like, take the dog kind of on a trial run. I won't charge them for it or anything. Mm-hmm. And we'll just see how things go. And I always have questions, like, excuse me, is the dog friendly? Is the dog, like, <laughs> is the dog? Well, not, I mean friendly towards, like, other people, right. other dogs. Because some, some dogs are great with people but not great with other dogs mm. and vice versa. Yeah. And so you never know. And so I basically, I have to be kind of on my toes knowing like all the dog's histories and stuff, but it's, it's really not hard. Like you can pretty much tell. And the thing is like, I've always been such a dog person. I just feel like I really do kind of think that I exude a vibe that dogs like, like I'm, it's very rare that I will have one. I actually have never encountered one that, that I've like interviewed with that hasn't liked me. Um, (laughs) And so, and it's like, it's no, it's, it's really, it's like, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of getting to know them at first. So I'll, so Mm -hmm. I'll meet them. I'll meet the dog. And then basically with the keys and stuff, it just kind of depends. Some dogs live in high rises. So with those, I'll just like check in with the front desk. And after like a week, the front desk just knows me. And another thing that I pride myself on is like, I'll come in and truly I would say like, 80% 80% of front desk workers all come in and they'll just be like, Andy, like, oh, I love <laughs> like, I always love winning over the front desk people. But um, they'll usually give me a key and then I'll go up and like bring the dog back down or whatever. But uh-huh. and then other, in most cases though, I have keys. And so I, I have like a backpack on me all day. And I have like mm. keychains with like that are like relatively identifiable with like and I, like if I have like three dogs in the same couple blocks, I'll have all those keys on the same ring. And then okay. I'll just like use those. And so it's funny. I always like, 
I'll show my friends my keys and they'll just be like, I always have my backpack with me and I'm always just like, if I ever lost this backpack, uh, that's I'm what I was gonna so say. completely screwed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, for sure. And so, um, and no, there was one time I used to, my old apartment was across the street from like a restaurant and I went there on a Friday with my girlfriend, Chandra, and we just like had dinner and I went straight after work and didn't drop my backpack off at home. And then just like, I keep, I'm normally not so like, uh, fl- like, like airheaded or like airhead like this yeah but i just like all of a sudden i went home had my weekend like saturday sunday and then sunday night i was like getting ready for work the next day and i realized that my ba- i just did not have my backpack oh my and gosh. i was like oh my god and so i was retracing my steps and thank goodness like the restaurant had it like i just like had to run across the street oh. and they still had it but that was like that was the that was the only time that i've just been like oh my god i'm gonna have to t- i'm gonna have to tell 30 people that i need more keys <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm, and like, I'm trying to think. I've I've never really had a bad incident, even like. So I pretty much know the dogs' personalities and what they like and what they don't. Some of them, like, I mean, some of them are rescues that like are not good with certain types of people. Like, I walk. So I walk a pit bull named Bimo, who's one of my favorites, and <laughs> she she was rescued when she was younger from like a fighting ring. She oh, was wow. a bait dog. Oh, she was she was a bait dog for a fighting ring, and so like other pit bulls basically. We would like attack her yeah. to amp them to amp them up for like dog fighting, and so as a result, she just absolutely hates pit bulls, and it's just like I I completely get it, yep. you know, like yeah. when, when we're walking down the street, if we see pretty much any other dog that is not a pit bull, she does not care, but if she sees a pit bull, she will like try to attack it, oh, wow. and I'm just like, but it's like I totally get it, and she's yeah. the sweetest dog other than that, but it's like that is her tick, and I know it. And so when I'm walking her, I just have to make sure, like, that we don't encounter... If, like, I see a pit bull, we'll just cross the street, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. traumatized. She's traumatized, you know? And, and, yeah, and, and, I walk another one. Like, my the, the original dog that started it all was this Great Dane. He's my best friend's dog. He's a Great Dane named Judd, and he's 180 pounds. And oh, wow. we were... I was I took him to the... He's very friendly. Uh, I took him to the dog park one day, and there was this little... Like, there was, like, a mom with, like, her dog and her little her little son. And the little boy, the mom, I, at one point I heard her say to the little boy, she was like, don't run because if you run, like some of the dogs might think you're playing and like they might be too rough, you know. And so this little boy who's like very small starts running and Judd, the great Dane, who's off leash, just runs over to this little boy and like knocks him over. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> oh, like as, no. as it was happening, like Judd just like took his paw and just swatted this kid down. <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't mean. Judge right. just thought he was playing, but I was like, oh my God, I'm like going to get arrested. Like, 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 <laughs> You're about to get someone. sued by them. <laughs> right. And no, the mom, the mom could not have been cooler. She was like, I told him not to run. She was like, your dog is, your dog didn't do anything wrong. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain and enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story, your answer is Best, Best fiends. fiends. And also, if you want to enjoy beating your significant other in every level at better rate than she does and get past her in all the levels that there is, you should play Best Fiends. You're not winning. If you, I'm on 200 If you're some. a competitive person and enjoy these puzzles and visuals oh and getting gosh, little so characters and beating, most importantly, beating your significant other, play Best Fiends. Yeah, so I totally beat him all the time. I'm way better at it. There's cute little characters that grow up and the game changes depending on like what season it is, if there's a holiday. So it's always updated. It's always fresh. It's always new. 
Um, so if you're looking to engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters, trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. So download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. So do you? Oh, one one suggestion that I had for the the keys in the backpack. You know the yeah. little the little square. The, I think it's called square or whatever, where you can attach that to like your key ring, and if you lose it, yeah. you can track it. Maybe try oh, that yeah, for your. Yeah. Just throw that in your backpack somewhere, not even a key ring, and you can always find. Your I backpack. totally. You're, I mean, that is like the most common sense. <laughs> 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 I totally should do that, but I just have not. Yeah. Um, also, I was thinking. So you you have all. Have you ever thought that? You, because your business right now, if you, you can only get a certain amount of clients before you don't have time. Mm -hmm. So have you thought about opening, like starting your own thing where you hire dog walkers? 100%. But just the, the problem is that I am a crazy, insane combination of very active and very dedicated in some ways, but incredibly lazy in others. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like, like once it started taking off and I just like was making enough money and I was enjoying myself, I was like, man, if I had like some business sense, which I don't, I could just <laughs> for sure, like, even yeah. with, like minimal, minimal effort expand this. But I just, that was not anywhere near like the top of my interest or like what I wanted to do. And so like, yeah, and, like my friends are just like, my friends are like, you are so active. I'll walk like. 15 to 20 miles a day like oh, when i'm doing wow. this and but people are just like, people are like but you can't just like take the time to figure out how to like expand i'm just like nah like, <laughs> or, like, i always joke that like like during the like this pandemic has been so interesting for me because i always joke that two of my favorite things to do are to like be outside and be walking around and be active but also to lay on my couch watching tv and movies and it's like yeah. those are the two things that i can do and like not like Quarantine has been great because I'll just be like, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch five movies tonight, yeah. and I, I don't like I don't have to feel guilty about it. I'm not missing anything. My friends aren't doing anything without me, so it's been like kind of yeah. nice to do that." Nicole's been talking about that too. Like, she's going to be uh, a part of her is going to be bittersweet when quarantine's over because she likes being inside and she enjoys yeah. having I'm her own time. I'm an introvert, so it's like right. I like I don't mind that at all. But no, obviously, I want the uh, COVID nineteen to yeah. disappear. <laughs> but then I'll be expected to go to outings and such so. <laughs> right, no, I, I, I totally identify with that I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm nearly like as introverted as you but I completely have mm. I always say I'm an, I'm an extroverted introvert like I am definitely someone who I like people I like being around others but like I, at my core I get I like I think the true test of an extrovert extrovert versus an introvert is how you get your energy like extroverts get their energy around people introverts need to like recharge and they get their energy when they're by themselves yeah and that's me like I definitely if I'm like at a party all night on a Saturday, then like Sunday afternoon, Sunday, I'm just going to like do something by myself at my apartment and like mm-hmm. recharge, you know? I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact yeah. same way. So, uh, so you grew up, uh, you said you grew up over there in Illinois. And I did. Were, was your family big into uh, Big Brother? Was that something that was always like in so, your family? So my, my family was much more into Survivor. So Survivor, oh. like truly like... We started watching Survivor in like season one, like half, like I think I just stumbled on it halfway through season one when it was starting to really become the phenomenon that it was. Mm-hmm. And then season two through the through season 40, I watched every episode. And when oh, I was in wow. high school and like, I want to see, yeah, it would have been middle school and high school when like I started watching it when I lived at home with my parents, I would watch it. My dad was a car salesman. And so he, he would work like on Wednesdays and Thursdays until like nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I would watch Survivor with my mom live at seven 
And then I, I would wait, we would tape it on a VHS tape. And then when my dad would get home from work, we would watch it again with my dad. So I watched like every episode of Survivor <laughs> twice. Um, and I always tell people, like, people are like, what were you like in high school? And I'm like, well, I taped Survivor on VHS tapes and watched it with my parents every week twice. So that's what I was like. Um, but, uh, so we were always big into Survivor. And then, like, even all through college, like, when I would come home, like, for Thanksgiving or for a holiday, if it coincided with Survivor being on, I would watch Survivor with my mom and dad. You know, it was always a big thing. That's cool. And then mm-hmm. I was I was always the one that was a lot more into Big Brother. And Big Brother, I kind of stumbled upon very similarly. I remember I was just, like, channel surfing. And it was season three. And so Danielle Reyes, like, in season three, really kind of drew me in. And I started then. And then I became, like, completely hooked. And Big Brother was always my favorite one, even more so than Survivor. I became, like, very into it. Uh-huh. And I feel like my parents were not as into it. Like, they would kind of watch it with me, but that was the one that was a lot more me watching it. Yeah. And then, so that started, like, I think that would have been, like, 2003. And so then I, I went to college in 2005, and I remember, like, in my dorm rooms in college, I would make sure that I had, like, a TV with a VCR so that I could, like, tape Big Brother if I was, like, out doing something. And so I would, always, <laughs> I would tape Big Brother and then, like, come back and watch it. Um, and then I'm trying to, so yeah, that I watched my brother all through that. And then like I graduated, I, I mean, it was always in the summer. And so a lot of the times I would just be like, I would go home during the summer, like to see my family and friends. Like I like a lot of people stayed at college, but I was like a big, I like to go home. And so a lot of times I was just home watching it. And then in 2013, uh, I, one of my friend, my friend Marnita sent me a Facebook message and was just like, Hey, you live in Chicago right by the Cubby Bear. That's where the open call is this year. You should just, like, go to the open call and try to be on Big Brother. And I remember watching, like, when you would watch the seasons and during the commercials, they would be, like, outspoken, outrageous. <laughs> like, remember those commercials? They were, like, they were, like, do you have what it takes? Yeah. And, I would always, and I would always think to myself, I'd be, like, I kind of think I do. Like, I was just, like, I really think I do. And so I went to the open casting call, and then the rest is kind of history. I was on the show three months later, and then, yeah. Did your did you did you tell your parents who were going to the to the audition or were, were so they like I didn't really tell I didn't really tell anyone just because I like like I said I didn't I didn't want to be like oh I'm doing it and then I'm yeah. everyone be like what happened but just like I didn't get it <laughs> um, so I didn't really tell many people but the interesting thing the the casting call was such an interesting day so I went with like the guy that I was kind of dating at the time who was six foot eight and I was oh. just like, oh my God. And who, who, <laughs> oh my had, God. Who, had, who had never seen Big Brother, but I was just like his look. Like yeah. I was like, oh man, I was like, so help me God. Like if he gets put on the show and I don't, I'm going to lose my mind. Like we're going to break up because I'm going to be so resentful. Um, but I go with him and we sit down. It's like, there are like little tables of like where you could, like it was at a bar. And so there are little tables where like four people can fit at a table. And so we plop down next to this girl and her friend, and the girl is auditioning and her friend isn't. And the girl turns out to be Helen from my season. Oh, and so, so I'm like sitting at this table talking to Helen. We're, and it's like a two-hour wait until we go in for our interview. So I literally get to like know her. You know, I like wow. talk to her about her kids. And so Helen goes in, and then I always credit Helen with like kind of helping me get on the show because Helen goes in before me. And when she came out, I was like, what did they ask you? And so she told me, and so I had time to kind of like formulate good yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah. And so I went in, and there were six of us. It was like a little group, and I was per- I purposely dressed kind of innocuously. I wore a Save by the Bell T-shirt and these like little red shorts so that I just looked not threatening whatsoever. <laughs> and it was me and like these just like a bunch of people that definitely looked like like super athletic, like you know like hot, like two like really hot girls, and so. 
they're like, the interviewers are asking questions. And the last question that I knew was coming my way, because Helena told me, they were like, oh, who in the room is the biggest threat? And I really lucked out because I like didn't think anyone would say me and thank God they didn't because my response hinged on no one saying me. I was the last person that they asked. So they went down the row and nobody said me. And then they got to me and I was like, oh, well, I mean, nobody said me. And the, the actual right answer to this question is me. I was like, I have a degree in communication from a top five communication program in the country. So I know what to say to people and how to say it. And I do improv comedy in the city of Chicago all the time. So I can make things up on the spot without batting an eye. I am going to be the biggest threat in that house and no one is going to see me coming. And I just knew. Like, the producers just, like, then they just kept asking me questions and no one else questions. And I was like, I killed that. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Let's circle his name a few times. That's the guy. the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, that is how I won. Like, literally just everybody was just like, oh, Andy, he's, like, so sweet. He's so nice. And then they were, like, out the door. And they were like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) you know, like. Wait, so you did improv comedy? Yeah, I was like, so I took classes at Second City. And like when I moved to Chicago, I immediately started taking classes at Second City. And then I got really lucky. Um, so basically the Second City program is, it, it's called level A through level E. So like each each level, A, B, C, D, E is like a two-week, or I'm sorry, an eight-week course. Uh-huh. And so I started in level A, like the entry level. And then I, I got to level E. And my level E teacher asked, she was like, she was also directing like a show at the time at Second City. And so she asked me if I wanted to be in the show and it was a show called Blender, which was like, excuse me, it was called Blender because it was a mix of like, or how she billed it to me. She was like, oh, it's a mix of Second City teachers, notable Second City alums and Second City students. So it's a nice blend of people and like, and like, and like talents and like amount of like, like, like experience. And so I get there on the first night of like our first show and it's, and it's improv. So you never, you don't practice. You, you literally, you literally just show up and do it. And I realized that, Literally, like, my whole, the whole cast of the show was all very experienced people. And then me, my teacher just kind of threw me in the deep end. And, like, <laughs> I felt, which was very flattering. I was like, okay, so she thinks I can, like, hold my own against yeah, exactly. these people. And so she threw me in the deep end, and it really took off. And there were other teachers, like, the other people in the show, like, also did other shows in the city. And so they put me in other shows. And so when I left for Big Brother, I was in, like, four or five improv shows a week in Chicago. I was really, like, very intensely doing it. Oh, wow. And... I was actually like two, so I was doing another. I was there's another improv theater in the city called IO Improv Olympic, and in classes there as well. And I was actually in like the grad, like there. Uh, I was in like the last level of classes there, and we were about to do our graduation shows the week that I was taken for Big Brother. And so I just like disappeared. Like my class was just like, well, <laughs> what the heck? Oh, okay, <laughs> like he, he's not here for the shows. That's weird. <laughs> and then when I came back, they like the the theater asked me to host like one of their more prestigious shows. I hosted it. And they introduced me as a dropout of the program. <laughs> they were just like, they were like, Andy, like, Andy Heron made it all through level 5B and then dropped out of the last minute. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. That's um, funny. But yeah, and so I was just doing that. And truly, it's like one of my, like, I mean, I have, I like, I will forever be super thankful for my big brother experience, but I have like some gripes with it too. And like, one of them is that I just like, the show didn't really portray me as super funny. And it's like, I truly credit that as like, maybe even more so than, like, my strategy and my gameplay. Like, people just liked me, and I made people laugh. 
and I credit like a lot of my improv with that too, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's something that I always, especially like when you watch like who line, whose line is it anyway and yeah. stuff yeah. growing up, you know what I mean? Like you see that and you're like, man, that looks like so much fun. That would be super yeah. helpful on Big Brother though too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can just sure. come up with something that makes sense <laughs> yeah. and like your acting oh. skills are on point. <laughs> that's like the hardest part is trying to get people to believe you when you're like, <laughs> Victor, you, Victor did a funny like impression of me the other day that was like, if I lie about something, basically, I like, what do I do, Vic? I like to, you're like, ee, ee, like you did all these noises, like I like twitch. It's like, it's like a robot, you know, like circuit like, malfunctioning, you know. <laughs> like, even the smallest thing. So it's just funny. Right. It's definitely helpful. Well, that makes sense. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like a huge, that was a huge help for sure. But also like, I truly like, I didn't even really, I mean, I guess I was, I had to lie a lot, but not really. Like I basically, my whole game was just like, kind of agreeing with people and like even if i didn't i would just be like i'd be like yeah. sure okay, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that plan and then i would just like go wrap the plan out to someone else and be like hey this is happening you need to fix this um, yeah that's but, true yeah so that's cool yeah. so when when you got on big brother and how, how long into the show did you start thinking like hey like this is something that i might be able to win because at first in the beginning it seems like an impossible task with so many people right. and and so, when you start getting in there you know yeah, I I mean, yeah, going in, I truly, like, never, I didn't think I was going to win. Like, going at the beginning, I mean, I didn't think I was, like, going to lose. I didn't think I was, I guess I just didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah. And so going in, so many people, and I remember I'm irritated with all the preseason interviews. They were like, tell us your strategy. And I was like, I don't know my strategy. I was like, <laughs> the, whole point of, the whole point of the game is being adaptable. I think yeah. that is truly, the, I think that is truly the best strategy you can possibly have. Like, if you go in and you are able to assess what you have been given and work with that, then I think that's better. Like so many people are like, I'm going to, I'm going to get four guys and one girl. And yeah. like, and it's just like a lot of the time, but so like a lot of the time that doesn't work because no. you need to just really like, especially at the beginning of the game, which I'm sure you guys can, can attest to this. You want to work with the people that you like, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, and so if you like, if you're like, like, I remember on our season, a bunch of the guys all formed this big alliance together and then they all just started hating each other and it crumbled because like, <laughs> you want to work, you want to work with the people that you like. And so I remember going in, I was like, I am going to sit back. I'm not going to cause a lot of waves. I'm going to let people come to me. And then the people that come to me and the people that and it's, I was like, it's probably going to be mutual. The people that I like are going to come to me yeah, and vice exactly. versa. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's basically how it happened. Like I remember Amanda, I would say my closest allies over the summer were Amanda and Spencer. And Amanda came to me one day and it, it was just, I always laugh about this because it's just so Amanda. Uh, we were in the kitchen and I, we really hadn't talked that much, but I just, I, I was, I kind of, like I said, I was kind of sitting back watching her and I always liked her. And she came to me in the kitchen and we were talking and I was, this was maybe like day five or six. And I was just like, Amanda, I think we should definitely work together. I think we could like do some damage. And she just goes, I knew you would come to me. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, what? And she was just like, gay guys love me. And I was just like, oh, like, I was like, she's right. Like, I was like, this is annoying that she's saying it like this, but she's so right. I definitely did want to work with her. Um, That's funny. And so, but it's, it's also like, I also kind of had a little, like, like I said before, I had this like kind of little preseason advantage where I knew Helen. Yeah. And so going in, like when I saw Helen in the lineup of people going into the house, like we truly like outside of CBS studios, like when we were lining up, we each just like looked at each other 
and locked gazes for like two seconds and i was like okay we're good like i was like she like because i feel like we were both nervous i was like am i gonna get like kicked off the show if i reveal that i know helen (laughs) and so we never we never outwardly talked about it but it was just like i looked her and i was like you're good and she looked at me and was like you're good and the crazy thing is so many of my friends after the show they were like you like the moms right away (laughs) that was kind of like a weird pick and i was like i aligned with helen and Alyssa because i try like you know if people are what they say or if they're not in the house and i knew that helen was just this like mom from lincoln park with two kids who was a political consultant like i knew everything about her and i was like i trust her you know yeah Mm -hmm. that's interesting that's crazy out of all the people that could end up on the show you two sitting at a table together ended up on the same season right and what andy and what andy's talking about is like uh, the day that everybody's going into the house they bring you to cbs studios and everybody's get gets put in like these separate rooms uh, at the studio and before that you may see a person or two right. uh, in between doing photo shoots and interviews and stuff but you don't really see them and then and and you that's, cannot speak and you can't or talk anything. Yeah. and even yeah. at this point they bring you all out before they walk you into uh, the stage to talk to julie chen or do that whole thing and they line you up right in that alleyway and this is the first time everybody's seeing each other before they're gonna walk in and you still can't talk but everybody's like oh my god that that's that's that person oh i see yeah. now oh my gosh i can't right. believe this is everybody and so i just can't imagine in that moment you being like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> conversely on the other end of it i remember at finals casting i just like i don't i very rarely like my my radar i'm, I'm very rarely like a super snatch snap judgment type person like i usually give people the benefit of the doubt yeah but every once in a while i just hate someone like irrationally <laughs> and I, <laughs> I feel like, but i feel like i usually end up being right and so i remember at at finals casting I just, I was like observing and cause you can like, that was when we were like all put in a room on the last and you can kind of see people. Yeah. You're like, you like, you're in the hotel. You like have like group activity time with other people. Like you'll be at the gym with like certain yeah. other people at the pool, yep. but you can't talk to them. And I remember Nick from my season was just like in some of my groups and I was just like watching him and I was like, man, I hate that guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I don't know what it is about show. him. I just yeah. don't like so him. We, I see him like in the lineup and I was like, oh, the guy that I hate is in the lineup. Okay. And so I remember just like the first couple of weeks, he was going to the diary. All he did in the house was like sleep and talk to Gina Marie. And he was going to the diary room like 10 times a day. And I was going like once a week. And I was, <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> and, so like, and so he came out and he was like, oh, yeah, I think they just like think I'm really funny. And I was like, this is absolute nonsense. Like, there's no way that you're funnier than me. I'm like getting better commentary than me. And so I was just like there is something going on here. And so I like really like planted those seeds with a lot of people. I was like, Nick is shady. I don't like him. There's something going on. And then I was totally right. He was like, he was like the architect of an all male Alliance. that was like trying to take people out. And it's just like, Man, even if and if he would have like even maybe picked me, I would have like considered working with him. But of course he didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so like Aww. he had to go. And I was so happy that I was right. Like I said, like my radar was just going off the charts, and I was just like, I know that there is something fishy about this guy. And I was happy that I proved myself right. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So you, so you, the the, the show comes to an end. You, you win the show. Yeah. I mean, can you can you even? Um, I mean, how does that moment feel for you? I mean, I, I mean, it is. It truly is like I. I always say that I joke about the experience, and like when I meet new people, I never like. It's like I never tell people about it right away. It's not something that I think defines me, but I do think that it is something that is so special in the fact that I literally lived a dream. Like I feel like very few people mm-hmm. in life can attest to the fact that like they were able to actually have a dream come true. And like, I won my favorite television show, which is so cool. And I will will forever be thankful for. 
I mean, my season was weird because as I'm sure you're both aware, like I won and then everybody was just like, what was it like to be in such a like racist, homophobic, hostile environment? And it was kind of gobsmacking for me because I I was around when a few things were said, yeah. but by no means did I have any idea that it was as bad as it was because like no one's going to say racist and homophobic things around like the gay guy. Exactly. And so, so I just like kind of like, like, completely unaware existed during all of it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was just like thrown into everything, I would like, and then there were pe- like during interviews, people were like, how did it feel that Spencer and Amanda were so homophobic? And I was like, Spencer and Amanda said gay jokes to my face because like they knew that they, they, they essentially had like done the work to like earn the like, re- like ability to do that because okay. I like loved them and trusted them. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yep, yep. If like if someone who is not my friend says something like that to me, like then sure it's homophobic. But Absolutely. Amanda and Spencer were like my two best friends, and so I was like Amanda and Spencer jokingly would say things to me, but by no means you have to look at the context of what they're saying and how they're saying it. Yeah. And I was like, they loved me, like they were, you know what I'm saying. And I feel like that's not that that was not the response that a lot of people yeah, wanted to hear. No, and so I feel like fans fans wanted me to just like drag them, and I was like, I'm not going to do that because they weren't they were not malicious in like the things that they said. Yeah, and I can understand that like. To people, like th- those words that they said can be hurtful, but the way that they said them and meant them to me were not. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, and, but just a lot, like the other thing, I mean, it was just, it was all very weird. And still, it was like a combination of just the coolest part of my life and the craziest and most weird and dark and, and, and strange. Because, like, I feel like I was kind of like in this middle ground where, like, I didn't really say or do anything problematic, but also people were just like, well, you were there and you didn't speak up. And I was like, number one, I was not around for most of it. Number two, it's a game where, like, if you speak up, you could potentially, like, put yourself in danger or in trouble. And so my thing was that I would, like, pull people aside and talk to them. Like, if if I heard something, I would be like, Candace, I heard, like, Jeremy say that ignorant thing. You know, like, I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I mean, I definitely wish I would have said more. But also, at the same time, I truly did not realize it was as bad as it was. And in the moment, I was, like, nervous. I didn't want to. My, My whole game hinged on me not making enemies. And so I was like, I need to just like do what I can to remain in the good graces of people. And I just like, I guess I thought to myself, like the justice will be served in terms of like, these people aren't going to last very long. It's like when I would see someone being rude to other people, I was like, be gone in a week anyway. So why waste my, waste my time? Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely, so, if you, had you done something different, who knows if you would have won, you know what I mean? Right. Things and had to play like, out that it way. It was just, it was like a little, it was a little frustrating because like, I like just due to like sloppy reporting, like, so Mike, the college that I was teaching at a lot of like people on the internet truly like, I, I think that like the, the rabies, like for like fans wanting to like drag everyone on my season was especially high during mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I said, I didn't really do anything and people were like jumping through hoops to make it seem like I did. And so the college that I was teaching at, at the time, like people were like calling them and trying to get me fired. And I like had to like, I literally had to like meet with them after the season and be like, Hey, like, you know that I didn't, do anything racist or like problematic or homophobic. But, um, that sucks even having to defend yourself for that, you know? I know. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I didn't really do much. There was a problem. And so just dealing with that was weird. And like, I like, so everyone who wins usually gets talk, which like, this is like such a like special thing that just like about, just like I'm out of like anyone who's ever been on Big Brother. I like love pop culture, and it would have just been really cool for me to like get to do that and like be with those women that I've like watched forever. And like I didn't get to do that because other people on my like it's like the fact that I got completely just lumped in unfairly with like a bunch of people that said like 
I was essentially forced to exist in a house with people that casting put on the show that were like saying racist things. And then I got demonized for it. It's like, I didn't get to go on the talk. I didn't get to do like any interviews. I didn't get to like, like get kind of like the chances that a normal winner gets. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it was especially frustrating because I was just like, I didn't do a lot that was problematic. And I'm the first openly gay winner. Like it sucks that like, I'm not getting a little bit celebrated a little bit more, but like, I understood that people were hurt by the things that happened my season, but also like, I had no control over any of that, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I could see the frustration in that. And yeah, I mean, it, and that just does, it's unfortunate at the end of the day that it all went down like that. But right. at the end of the day, you won, you, you, you exactly. got your dream, you know what I mean? And, right. and you were able to live your life uh, after all that was done pretty normal. For sure. You know what and, I mean? like, and like I said, it afforded me, it afforded me some really cool liberties. And I like, I, the, the money like changed my life. And like, I truly made some friendships that I think will last forever. And, yeah, I mean, it was it was overall, but a weird, a weird at the end, but for sure a positive one overall for me. Well, you know that that's awesome, and and that's that's great. I know Nicole had that same winning experience, and she loved it, and right. and it's only yeah. something that you guys can share because I have no idea what that, that feels like. <laughs> I honestly don't even I mean, remember it. It was so fast. <laughs> no, that's, no, Nicole, I feel very similarly about the night that I won. Like. Like I just have like flashes of being at the rap party and flashes of like talking to the producer. Yeah. I really don't remember a lot either. Yeah, it was it was it was all just too like it's so crazy that you go and especially being the winner, you go from being in isolation and the most isolation of the season that last week where you're just right. with two other to then being thrown like that last week. I don't know if it was the same for you. It was like one of the worst weeks of my life. I was like. So bored <laughs> and like so like just like like I was like I I like Gina Marie and Spencer. I truly talked about every possible thing I could ever talk about with them. I am so bored. And it's like you travel in packs because you don't want the other two people alone and talking about you. And so you like Oh, yeah. Never Me and were- Paul made this pact. Like we did not leave each other aside. If the other one was talking to right. James, you're sketchy and I'm not taking you anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's and so, so but funny. Then, but, then you're like, but then you're like thrown into the real world and you just – you have to do 20 interviews and then you're like – Surrounded by a hundred people wanting photos with you, and it's all just a lot. Actually, it's funny. I just like rewatched my season for the first. I watched it like right when I got off the show because mm-hmm. I'm psychotic and just wanted to like relive <laughs> all of that. But I just so I've wanted during quarantine. I wanted something kind of comforting, and I wanted something that reminded me of summer. So I started watching Big Brother Eleven, and then I just like kept going. Like I watched twelve, I watched thirteen, fourteen, and then like fourteen just went into fifteen, and I was like, all right, here I go, and I just like rewatched fifteen. And it, like, it truly was, like, so interesting seeing, like, how in control of things I was versus, like, how the edit just didn't show anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, like, oh, it's giving cre- it's giving people credit for, like, ideas that I came up with. And it's, like, I understand that, like, players like Helen and Amanda were, I, my whole gameplay hinged on me kind of planting seeds in Helen and Amanda's minds and then kind of pushing them out there to do the work for me because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get, I didn't want the blood on my hands. But just, like, it really made me invisible in terms of doing that. And, like, yet again, at the end of the day, I still won. I need to just, like, be happy with that. But my own, like, pride, I'm just like, oh, I wish that I, like... It's just frustrating when, like, I'll get... I'll still get hate from fans that's like, you're one of the worst winners ever. And I'm just like, if you really look at my game, I am not. And I just... It's annoying to me that, like, people don't see it sometimes, but... And to have to, like, feel like you need to defend it. That's why I I just don't... I just don't even waste my breath anymore. Right, and I think that's... (laughs) That is that is the route that I should take for sure. But it's just like, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. That that's we got a lot of insight from you today. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Uh, oh my gosh, no! It's like you guys. Like I love both of you. It's like such a pleasure to be on. <laughs> well, no, we we really thank you for taking out time of your day to talk to us, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. Hopefully, you're you're only a hop and skip away from us. So. No, I was gonna say yeah. You like once all of this dies down, you guys should definitely come visit. It's like. Chicago is such a lovely city. I mean, Nicole's been here multiple times. Like, yeah, we've never been. Victor and I have never been to Chicago together yeah, we either. Have. We yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, we went to, for the Honda thing. Oh, real quick, like <laughs> twenty four hours. Yeah, it was. It was. Really it was for a job. Like, but I still will like never forget Nicole watching you win eighteen, like with Mariah, like in my apartment. It was such a like. Nicole's best friend Mariah like came to watch. And, like, me, Mariah, and my friend Brian Burke, like, all went to dinner beforehand. We're all just, like, truly, like, we were, like, we can't even eat. We're so nervous. My apartment just erupting, yeah, when you won. That's so – I forgot about that. Her that's and hilarious. Brian are, like, BFFs for sure. Know, they, like, yeah. talk every single day. <laughs> it's crazy how, like, friendships just come like that. I know. And then, like, you were, wasn't it, I believe you, yeah, you were with me the year before. Like, you were in Chicago watching, wasn't it the 17 finale with me? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was definitely at your apartment watching a finale, for sure. Because it it, it would, yeah, it would have had to been 17 because you were on 16 and 18. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it feels like, it almost feels like another life, honestly. For sure. It really does. (laughs) It does. (laughs) But, yeah, thanks, Andy. And hopefully we'll be able to have you back on, too, to discuss more, more stuff. Um, I would love that. Okay. Yeah, cool. Because now we got into like a little bit about your dog walking and stuff like that. Then we can get into other things. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, all right. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day and uh, watch five movies for me, okay? (laughs) Okay, Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. I had never learned so much about the dog walking career. I know. I'm still, I still have questions. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, I mean, you, I would have never thought. Do you get to like see if you can walk several at once? Like I wanted to ask that question. Like this one gets along with this one. So let's like do yeah. both at the same time. I mean, that, that seems like the most logical and ideal. And like I was saying, like I, at some point you can only walk so many dogs throughout the yeah. course of a day, mm-hmm. right? I mean, unless you have it perfectly scheduled from you know, in a block of a few hours where you can get it all done. But I mean, it'd be weird to have some early in the morning and some late in the evening and just kind of have it chopped up throughout the day because that would kind of suck. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, um, no, he probably gets it done in a section because he goes in people's apartments. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And I remember when I wanted to do that where we live because I felt sorry for the dogs I didn't get to walk. (laughs) Could you imagine me being pulled around town? I don't know. All right, so Nicole, I'm going to ask you because this is going to be really easy Spanish word of the day. Okay. Okay. Last week's was easy too. There you go. So I'm just giving you two easy back to back weeks. Okay. Gato. Gato. Mm-hmm. Cat. Are you sure? Okay. No. Yeah, it is cat. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> did you Ooh. just did you guess because you thought no, you knew the I word th- no, or just because th- of what we talked about? No, I think I heard that before, and we also talked about it. Yeah, and how, okay, so gato perro. Purs. What? <laughs> we have a cat. Perro. Kitten. Purs. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not cat and it's not purs. Dog. Oh, I thought that was for some reason. Then I was making me thinking bird. Perro. Is it dog? Oh. Gato y perro. Cat and dog. Perro. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's different. <laughs> well, so is gato. That's why I was like, how did you... Maybe if I would have said perro first, you probably still would have said cat. Pro- yeah, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> probably. That one sounds more like cat. Perro? Yeah, because I think of purring. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. All right. So what do you got first for a uh, weird... Weird. Or... Normal. Okay, it's something you do that's really freaking weird and I don't like it. Oh, okay. Here we go. When you suck up your boogers, you like pull your nostrils up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not normal. That is... Okay, so she's talking about... So if I have a really stuffy nose... What Which I'll, he has bad allergies right now, so yeah, it's constant. What I, what I do is sometimes I'll grab my nostrils... He's and got like his hand like on both nostrils. And like spread them just so I can get some air into my nose. And then sucks up. Yeah, so I can get air into my nose. I've never seen anyone do that before. If you haven't, you should try it. Does anyone else in the whole entire world do this? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced no. <laughs> well, you did it the other day. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. We were in the car and you and you did that and you're like, I just need to get some air into my nose. And you pulled your I did not nostrils do apart. that. Nicole, yes, you no, did. Yes, you did. Maybe I was picking my nose. I would be more likely to pick my nose. No, you were literally pulling your nostrils. Gosh, you're Why rub- do you keep sucking up? I don't want you to, because now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I don't want you to rub off on me like that. I don't want to do that. Well, you have already. That's al- nasty. You have already. And it's very, but okay, so it's almost, have you ever seen those nasal strips? That people put right here on their nose, nasal strips? No. No? Okay, no. well, they're very common. They're sold everywhere. <laughs> and what that does is you, you put it on like the soft tissue right here of your nose. Have you done it? Yeah. And then it pulls <laughs> this apart, right? So it creates that airflow when you have a stuffy nose. Mm. Or athletes use it when they're playing in like high-intensity sports so you can breathe better. Then wear a nose strip, maybe. I used to, but I don't like them. <laughs> Why don't you like them? They work well because you have to have a nose strip on, so you can't really go. I mean, unless you're <laughs> playing a sport or you're like going to sleep, it's not really conducive to have just walking around. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's more common than you think. No, no, it's not. Okay. Well, I've never seen anyone else do it ever. <laughs> well, I need somebody. And this is new. If you guys can back me up, uh, yes, please. Let's see. And if- it's not new. I've been doing that my whole life. You didn't do it in the Big Brother house. What are you talking about? I didn't have bad allergies in the Big Brother house. It's um. a controlled environment, you know? <laughs> Why do you keep sucking up your nose? Because I guess I kind of have a runny left nostril. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I don't have a tissue and I can't get up. <laughs> it's almost like it's making you do that because we're talking about this. Yeah, that's true. It is. Subconsciously. Um, anywho... We want to read a review because we appreciate you and we thank everything that you do for us. And without you, there is no us. And on behalf of that, I'm going to read a review for you guys. It's called Finally Caught Up slash Birthday Twins by Scott. Scott likes dogs. Oh. <laughs> Five stars. I started the podcast a few months ago while driving. It was my first podcast and I'm hooked. I'm kind of sad that I caught up. Now I have to wait. Even my husband enjoyed listening while we were at the hospital having our little boy on 420. Aww, that's, that's your birthday. That is my birthday. I just heard in a recent podcast that it's Victor's birthday too. Yes, it is. <laughs> the podcast is always entertaining and it makes me feel normal. Nicole and Victor's banter is very similar to my husband and mine's. I can't wait to listen to the next one when they do have babies. Oh, 
We need to have babies ASAP. I know, because I'm like treating <laughs> these kittens like this kitten like a baby. I know they will continue to have relatable podcasts. Yes, we will, especially when we have babies, because babies are going to be a lot of work. <laughs> I know. Podcast, uh, banter, slash arguing. <laughs> slash, I'm going to be even more exhausted, so my fuse is going to be short. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest ways to do on the Apple Podcast app. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com and you can always check out our merchandise there. Don't forget to go and follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Mm-hmm.